In chapter 12, Paul tells us to be nice to our enemy. Wow. You know, that was hard in and of itself, right? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you'll heap hot coals of fire on his head. And remember last week I explained that wasn't a negative thing. That was actually a positive thing. It was something good to, to have that. And then in verse 21, it says, do not overcome, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you remember that they didn't have chapter and verse breaks in the scriptures? So we added humans, people, theologians, geniuses, added a break here and started chapter 13. But in reality, it's one thought. And so we go from do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good to chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. He went from talking about evil and good and to going and talking about the government and the authorities. Uh, coincidence? You know, it, it's, um, it, it's a slippery slope there. Paul is being very specific about who needs to do this. He said, every soul. Let every soul be subject. Well, he's not just talking to believers here at this point. He's talking to every soul. And so when people say, okay, we shouldn't be political, Paul was being political. Paul was saying, you know what? This is what everybody needs to be doing, regardless of what you believe. Every soul needs to be subject to these governing authorities. So everyone has a soul. Some of them aren't as pretty as others, but everyone has a soul. Authorities only exist because God allows them to exist. And as such, we're to be obedient to them. This wasn't written at a time where all of the authorities were really nice people. You see, that's what people think. Oh, well, sure, they didn't have a president like ours. They didn't have, you know, the judicial system that we have. They didn't have... No, it was worse. It was worse. Pilate killed the Messiah, sent him to the cross. Nero was putting... Christians on crosses and burning them. So it was much worse back then when this was being written. And sometimes we think, oh, we've got it so bad. Or we have a good president and we think, oh, we have it so good. So far, there hasn't been a perfect president. We have a perfect 
leader, his name is Jesus. But we don't have a perfect president, never have. We've had some good ones. We've had some, but you know who put him there? God. That's what it says. So how did God put him there? I didn't see any commercials for who God's person is that he wants us to vote for. Sometimes people get up there and say, this is who God's person is. But I don't quite know if that's true. Here's what I do is I look at the word of God and I look at the person running and if they have a lot of the values that we see in the word of God, then I ask one question. Why would you want to be president? <laughs> what, you know, why would you want to? Because as president, you can't just willy-nilly change all of the laws to be in direct support of the Bible. You can't do it. You know, you still have to go through processes and so on and so forth. But I believe that God calls people to run for office, to make change. I believe that a lot of people that have been called to do that didn't listen to the call and decided not to do what God has told them to do decided that it was too hard because look at what you have to go through to be elected in office today. Look at all of the garbage that comes out. Look at all the hate and attacks and everything else. And, and so I'm sure that many people say, not for me. I have seen people put their name on a ballot and then after a month of being out there and getting attacked, they back off and say, no, forget it. I don't want this. I don't need this in my life. And they back off. Well, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know who they are even. But what I do know is that if God wants someone in that position, um, he will get them in that position. But God will also put someone in the position that we want. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But there's no authority except from God. God allows whoever it is that's put in office to be in that office. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. You know, and now we have to question, what does resist mean? Because we're told we should resist when people are doing things that we don't agree with. We should resist it. We should fight these people that are doing things that we don't want them to do. But then I read this, and it says, therefore, is Paul wrong? Is 
Paul, just out of his mind, he didn't know that we were going to have the political system that we have here. And, and so Paul didn't write this. The Holy Spirit did. See, the Holy Spirit knows the future. And this is for us. So we can bring judgment on ourselves by not being obedient and by resisting. So does that mean that we just have no choice? We have to go along with whatever the government says. We just have to join right in. You know, okay, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm good with whatever you want to do. No, that isn't what it means. You know, one way to resist? Vote. One way to resist is by putting the right people in office. That's one way to resist. One way to resist is just to let people know what you believe. I, I read our local hometown newspaper here. And if you read it, it would appear that we're 50-50 in this town and that 50% of the people are out of their mind and the other 50% of the people are out of their mind. Right? Isn't it true? I mean, because people take sides. Oh, I'm over here, and, you know, this is the way it is, and, and you guys are all crazy. Oh, no, it, it's you. It's you. You're crazy because I'm the one who has... and. We always think we have the right answer. We always think that our way is the best way. It doesn't matter where you sit politically. Where do you sit when it comes to the Word of God? Where do you sit spiritually? Where do you sit scripturally? That's the most important thing. It's not all of this other junk that's going on. We're not supposed to start a rebellion. That's what we're told. But when you look at the nation of Israel, we see how God used their enemies to put them into captivity. Why? Why did God allow that? Because of apathy because the nation of Israel wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. We are called a Christian nation. I, I didn't know a nation was based on 25% of what people believe. Although 75% of the nation says that they're Christian, they're not the Christian of the Bible. They don't listen to what Scripture has to say. They claim the name of Christ, but they don't live like Christ. I'm not saying we're perfect, by the way. We're not. All of us fail. All of us make mistakes. We're not perfect people. But if we claim the name of Jesus Christ, then we should try to live like him. We should try to 
take his example and apply it to our own lives. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, some people say, well, that means go out and feed the homeless and the widows and orphans, and, and that's how we act like Christ. Absolutely. No doubt. That's part of being a Christian. But how about everything else the Bible tells us to do? How about everything else Jesus taught us? Are we applying all of that too? You see, and no one's perfect at that. All of us kind of fail from time. It, sometimes people say, well, you're a pastor. It's easy for you. It's even harder for me because I have to go home and live with myself. It's harder for my wife. She has to live with me too. But I have to go home and live with myself because I know that I'm just, I'm just a, a bunch of dirt mixed with a little bit of water. And, um, and you know, voila. I'm supposed to be better than others. I'm not. But I try to read the Word of God daily and apply the scriptures to my life daily. I try. I don't always succeed, but I try. And that's for each one of us. That's how we're supposed to be living. That's how we make a difference in this world. That's how we reject what the world is trying to do. It's by being the example. And we have to expect this is what's going to happen. We look in the news and we watch what's going on. The Bible said this was going to happen. When I watch the news, I don't go, oh, what's going on? I don't. I read the Bible. And I knew that's what was going to happen. And have you read Revelation? It's going to get much worse. It's going to get crazy. They're worried about UFOs and everything. You know, Congress is having symposiums on all the UFOs, everything they've been hiding, so on. What kind of symposium are they going to have for hailstones coming down and, and burning up half the planet? You know, uh, what kind of, you know, what are they going to do with that? You know, fire crews? Oh, can't use the water to put it out. Uh, you know, we've got to conserve the water. There's some climate change coming. I read about it in Revelation. Major climate change. But what do we do for today? We're supposed to be living in a certain way that we're supposed to make a difference in our world. God was speaking to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7.14 when he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You see, that was written thousands of years ago. And... It's still true today if my people humble themselves and pray. But the part about turning from their wicked ways, sometimes 
That's the part that's left out. I humbled myself, I prayed, and nothing's changing. Well, there are too many people that neglect to turn from their wicked ways. That was a problem that Israel kept falling into over and over and over again. I mean, it wasn't like God didn't give them the instructions. They had them all. They knew. Moses came down from the mountain, his face all shiny and everything, and, you know, spent time with God, and, and they knew. They could see it. But they couldn't live like they were supposed to. We're supposed to be the remnant that God is going to use to impact change in this world. Here's the change that we're going to be impacting, by the way. Right now, we can reach people for Christ so that they aren't eternally separated from him when he returns. That's the change that we can be looking forward to. We're not going to reset the world and correct all the problems solve everything and all of a sudden the climate is going to change and and everybody's going to all of a sudden start loving each other we're all going to start watching the same news show so that we all get along it's not going to happen because the bible says this is what we can expect these are the conditions that we can expect in the last days we're seeing them right now Verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wow. Paul, you're out of your mind writing these things. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Well, this is talking about people that are practicing evil and the government is supposed to be watching out and taking care of that and making sure that there is no evil, applying God's principles to stop that from happening. How's that working out? You know, we see in the major cities out there right now that anarchy is reigning. And it doesn't seem like there's any end to it. The government itself has backed off. We're going to cut back the... Um, the, the money going to the police department to solve the problems or, or try to stem the problem, that's not working. That's not happening. And so we're thinking to ourselves, hold on, what government is he talking about? Well, first of all, the wrong people are in the government. But there are certain places where we, and when I say the wrong people are in the government, I'm not talking about one party. 
Okay? Please don't get me wrong. Don't get me, uh, you know, set me in, in this stone of I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Of I'm on the side of God. Okay? So, uh, you know, we are electing a president. We're not electing a pastor to run the country. We're, we're not changing it from a constitutional republic to a theocracy. Although we need to, it's not happening. And so we um, need to do with what best with what we have. And I believe that's what we're doing. So where do we draw the line when it comes to being obedient to the authorities? We use the chalk of the Bible to draw that line. Here's the line. No, we use the Sharpie. Okay, we don't want a chalk line so it gets washed away. We use a Sharpie to draw from the Bible. And that's where we make our determination of where the line is. And so regardless of what everyone else in the world decides is right, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will read the word of God and say, this is what God has called us to do. So what do we do with that? How, how do we live in this world while that is going on? In Exodus chapter 1, the midwives were told, kill the babies, male babies that are born, kill them. Don't let them be born. Kill them. Pharaoh said, and the midwives didn't do it. And so Pharaoh came to the midwives and said, what are you doing? There's male babies being born everywhere. And they made up an excuse. They lied. They lied and said, those Israeli women, they just pop them out before we even get there. It's just, there are kids being born left and right and we have nothing we can do. They're just, that's what they said. They made that excuse. They're giving birth before we even get there. They're so lively. And, and that was their excuse. So what did Pharaoh say? Pharaoh said to all of Egypt, any Hebrew male child born, throw them in the Nile and kill them. And so they weren't obedient to that. They didn't listen to that because it went straight against what God had said. That wasn't God's desire. So they didn't have to be obedient to what they were saying. Rahab also disobeyed the authorities, right? The spies came into the land. They were there in Jericho and she hid them from the authorities. The authorities said, you hide them? And you're dead. You, your family, everyone you know, we're going to kill you all. And she still hid the spies. She protected them. Over 63 million children have been aborted since 1973 in our country. It's because our nation decided it was okay. It was what this nation 
thought was the right way of doing things. When the Supreme Court changed the law and said, no, we're going to give this back to the states, some states said, yes. And they started making their own laws, making it more restrictive. While other states said, we're going to open up to you that are living in those restricted states. You can come here and get an abortion. And then the federal government spoke out against the judicial branch and said, we're going to fight this. We're going to do something to stop what they just put. It's craziness. It's insanity. Our government is fighting with our government. Which government do you listen to? Who are the authorities that are making sense? God. You see, regardless of which authority, all of them are wrong. Because if they allow abortion at all, they are allowing the murder of an innocent child that can't defend itself. And so, so here's what we need to do. Don't have abortions. That's what we need to do. Don't support it and don't have it. And when there's a vote, vote against it. That's what we can do. It's not happening, but that's how we stop things. Which authorities do we listen to? God. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So we have to be subject, not because we're afraid of the wrath that's going to come on us, but for conscience' sake. But we're talking about being evil, doing evil things, and the government is going to stop us from doing evil things. Remember, it said if you do good, you're not going to be in trouble. Well, nowadays it's a little different, right? Because they now call evil good and good evil. So, how do we deal with that? First of all, we be obedient to the word of God. That means avoiding homosexual activities in your own life. And don't support abortion in your own life. And with your family, encourage them. This is the way we should be living. Teach them the right way. But unfortunately, our world is messed up. We're not called to hate the people that are doing these things, by the way. We're not called to fight with the people that are doing these things. We're called to pray for them. Because fighting with them isn't going to make a stinking bit of difference. But praying for them can make all the difference in the world. Jesus didn't go to the cross to save good people. Because if, if he did, then there was no reason really to go to the cross. There are no good people. Every one of we're told in the Bible, there are none good. No, not one. We don't have righteousness except for the righteousness that's been given to us from God. 
And so when we realize that, when we take on that attitude, when we make that part of our lives, then we have a completely different view of what's going on. We realize that the only impact that I can really have is by living as an example. And everyone around us may hate us, mock us, or whatever the case may be. They may do all that. But you know what? I don't care. I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord. I'm not going to spend eternity voting for people that I think are going to make things better. Sometimes we think that. Sometimes we think who we vote for, who we elect, who we put in office are going to make the world better. This is as good as it gets. And for some people, you know, if, if you were living in a third world country, you would be saying, Lord Jesus, come today. Right? I mean, realistically, you know, if you had terrorists coming in and attacking your villages, burning your churches, killing your people, you say, Lord Jesus, come today. But we're pretty comfortable. Hang on, Lord, I'm going to Longhorn later for dinner. Can you come after dinner? I mean, sometimes that's our mentality, right? Is that we've got it pretty good, you know, and let's enjoy as much of it as we can until he comes. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy yourself. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, that we have to consider the fact that life on this earth isn't, you know, isn't about us. You know, they used to think that the sun um, revolved around the earth and everything revolved around the earth. And you know, then scientists finally caught up and, and now they've really figured it out. It's flat. And, and so, so here... Here's the important thing for us to realize is that we don't know what God is really doing and how it's, but we have the end of the, of the story. We have the end of the story. Let's do what we can to live for him and, and trust him. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Don't, the Bible is talking about taxes now. You also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Just because the Bible says that you're supposed to pay your taxes doesn't mean pay whatever they tell you to pay. Pay what's right, but double check. Go to Jackson Hewitt or, or whoever and, and make sure that you're only paying what you need to pay because you can be a good steward with your money. And the government isn't being a good steward with our money. Uh, I, the things that the government is spending money on, I would not spend money on but they're doing it. 
So I want to give them the least amount of money to spend. You see, it used to be where the churches were the ones that took care of the needy. But then the government got involved. And so now we don't need churches. You just send your money in and then they will distribute to the needy. Unfortunately, the actual needy aren't getting that money. It's the scammers that are getting the money. And so it's, this is ground level. This is where we can reach the people that need help here in the community. It, it, taxes aren't going to change that. And, uh, you know, we give taxes. And when you give everything they ask for, it's not enough. And they're going to want more. But you know what? That's the nature of... Do you know that Jesus ate with Judas and knew that Judas was stealing from the treasury. Judas was the treasurer. And he was stealing from the treasury. And Jesus knew, but he never called him out. He never stopped him. And so that tells me that for me, it's not about calling out every bit of evil that I see in the world. What it is, it's living my life right in the first place as an example so that I can do what I can do. Do you know God will give you whatever you need to accomplish his purposes, not yours. If you're looking to accomplish his purposes, he'll give you what you need. And uh, the problem is sometimes we have an abundance and it's like, well, I'm hanging on to this. You know, here I'll give this much. And it's all God's. Let him determine what needs to be done and where it needs to be done. And we're told, give honor to those who have honor. You know, when you go into a courtroom, Judge comes in, all stand, and he comes in, and then he sits down. You know, okay, you can be seated now. And it's just giving honor to the position that he has. We're not worshiping him. We're just giving honor. And that's what we're called to do here in these scriptures. In closing, we're told we're sub to submit to the government. Here's the truth. We are the government we're the government. We're the ones that put those people there. And if the people that are putting those people there have an evil mind, we're going to have evil people in the government. And so the percentage of Bible-believing, Bible-teaching Christians, Bible-loving Christians, the percentage of them obviously are less than 50%. Okay, and so we're just seeing what an evil world can do to itself. And it's going downhill pretty quick. But we're supposed to still vote. 
We're supposed to go out there and support people that are doing the right thing. We should be vocal for them. We can be. We don't have to go out there and put banners everywhere and don't put their stickers on your car. They'll break your windshield because, you know, you have, you have one of their stickers on. Don't do, you don't have to do that. But you can, in your sphere of influence, let people know who you support because they're people that are in line with the word of God. In the Old Testament, God was the king of Israel. That's what Israel means, governed by God. It was a theocracy. But even though they had judges, the people weren't happy and they wanted to be like other nations. And in Judges 21-25, one of the saddest verses in all the Old Testament, in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And that's what I'm seeing today in the United States. I'm seeing that same thing. One last statement. The days that we're living in are dark and uncertain. The government can't force you to have an abortion and can't force you to marry someone of the same sex. Can't force you to change your sex. Can't force you to do anything that you don't want to do that's against the word of God. They can't do it. And if they try... Stand with God. That's the end of that story, right? We have to answer to God for everything we do. So we need to obey the ultimate authority. If we choose not to comply, we may have to suffer consequences of our choices, of our actions, because this is the world that we live in. Okay? But if we're doing the right thing, if we're standing for truth and we're doing the right thing, then God is the one that's going to step up for us. He's the one that's going to make a difference in our lives. We can see things going crazy, but that's because the father of lies is in charge of this earth right now. Not for too much longer. Amen.